Where Nobody Knows Your Name, Season 2, is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello and welcome back to Season 2 of Where Nobody Knows Your Name. Can you believe it, John? We flew through Season 1. A lot quicker than we thought. And if you uh, haven't listened to Season 1, I suggest you have and maybe catch our Season 1 review. There'll be spoilers in these lands. Yeah, and uh, this season picks up right where it left off. Yes, they do a sort of recap. Yeah, it's, it's, well this is Power Play. Yeah. Episode 1 of Season 2. In case you didn't get that. And this aired on the uh, 29th of September, 1983. That it did. And who's behind the camera on this episode? As with the whole of Season 1, we've got James Burroughs back at the helm. Your boy, Jimmy B. He's directing again, and this episode is written by Glenn Charles and Les Charles again. The, the Charles brothers. The good old Charlie boys. The creators of Cheers. Uh, they're back again. And uh, yeah, kicking off with... Power play. A weird episode, I think. After the build-up of the Will They Won't Day of Season 1, we weren't quite sure what Season 2 would have in store. We didn't know what we'd have in store, but I certainly wasn't expecting this. It's a, it's a weird one. It's uh, I guess it's very of its time. I've got a brief summary of it. I'd love to hear a brief summary. Yes. Sam and Diane face a hairy start to their new relationship. I think that's accurate. We, uh, we spent the whole of Season 1 thinking, will they get together? They're, they are together. Where do we go from here? I think Diane says something like, uh, it's it's great we're not squabbling anymore or fighting anymore. A bit of a spoiler. They they are fighting again. <laughs> Who would have thought it? That that doesn't stop. But I'm, I'm quite glad it doesn't stop because I think it would be a very dry programme if everyone got on. Well, they reference that in the cold open because what happens is they hear arguing of the season one finale from Sam's office. We, uh, we revisit the scene on the other side of the door. And... Uh, then it just goes quiet, and Coach asks, What do you think they're doing in there if they're not fighting? And Norm gives him that look that you would give, um, you would give, it's like in The Simpsons when Homer goes, Zookeeper, Zookeeper, those, uh, those monkeys are attacking each other. <laughs> well, it doesn't, uh, Norm says uh, maybe he's killed her, and Carla says even in death, Diane wouldn't be that quiet. They're not fighting, they're doing the other thing. <laughs> Subtle. Diane says that they need to get out of the bar and they need to go somewhere romantic. And intimate, yes. Sam suggests the couch. Then he suggests his apartment. <laughs> he offers a grand tour of his apartment. Yeah, um, and Diane doesn't go for that. She says, uh, No, you've taken many women back there. I want to go somewhere where you've not been with any women before. So he gets out a phone book. Looking for somewhere new. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. They've decided to go to Diane's apartment and they leave the office space and they. They tell, they announce their relationship to the bar. The bar flies are uh, quick to judge, I'd say. They're somewhat dismissive, aren't they? Just, okay. Yeah. They, well, they kind, of, they kind of laugh it off. And I suppose they've been through what we've been through with season one. It was a long journey. <laughs> Lots of ups and downs, so I, I understand their reservations. Yes. It's interesting, though, that uh, Dan's apartment is the first set we see outside of the Cheers bar. Yeah. And I think that's quite fitting. Because Diane was this newcomer to the whole mm. Cheers scene, and the first environment we see outside of the bar is very much her character. Season How- season two opens this universe up, yeah. and, and through Diane, who sort of was dropped into the bar, as you say, in the beginning of season one. So, yeah, it's quite fitting. I do notice it was one more room, one more room built. I wonder how often they'll reuse that set through season two. Oh, I imagine it would be plenty. <laughs> We've built this set. We're going to use it. We're going to use it almost every episode. Yeah. We'll see how it goes, but I'm, I'm expecting it. <laughs> we didn't build this set for nothing. 
If they build, if we build it, the audience will come. That's a baseball reference. Is it? Field of Dreams. Ghost Children. <laughs> is that what? I haven't seen Field of Dreams. That's baseball, a line. Baseball I... ghosts. Is that is that right? Yeah. Is yeah. That, baseball ghosts. The ending. No, it's common knowledge. It's common knowledge that they're dead. This is a somber <laughs> episode. <laughs> Another interesting fact about this episode is: Did you notice any difference in the opening credits? I think I know what you're on about. Yeah. And I think it's, it calls for a bit of a party, a bit of a celebration. Yeah. John Ratzenberger is credited in the opening credits for the first time. He's a, he's he's actually a main character now. <laughs> he's official. We should uh, celebrate with their <laughs> celebratory trivia later on. I reckon. I think so. Yeah, big big one, and you can see how he's uh, stepping up into the role. You, you could tell that he was he's, thinking, "I'm sticking around now." He's got that higher pay package. He's he's getting that uh, first class mail. First class mail. He's on the on the lucrative salary. Pro- probably getting more than Ted Danson now. You know, <laughs> he's noticed by Pixar. And they're like, "Oh, I hear you're a main character in Cheers now." His phone's not stopped going. We wouldn't we didn't wouldn't have thought of you in 1982, but now that it's late 1983, oof. <laughs> <laughs> we love John really he's great we do and I'm very glad that he's a main now and I'm excited to see some more Cliff centred episodes throughout the series we do love Cliff he delivers our mail so they get to Diane's apartment yeah. actually along the way as they're leaving when um, the barflies are dismissive Sam says it's going to be great we're going to have a lot of fun I may have to work a little harder on this one but it's going to be worth it and uh, as they're walking out Sam and Diane have a bit of a tiff about that comment and it just kind of sets up for the rest of the episode. It does. So Diane and Sam arrive at Diane's apartment. Sam's a bit weird. A bit sleazy. Yeah. Sam's, Sam's a sleazy one. He's just, he's just keen to go to uh, the bedroom. He is. And Diane wants what, a cup of tea or something for us. <laughs> a cup of tea. She's, I don't know how far away she lives but sometimes you get home and you're like need a nice cup of tea. Yeah. And some biscuits. I do like biscuits. It's John's. John has known me well enough now. He's known me little over a year. Don't, don't leave James with a pack of biscuits if you want to eat more. Yeah, no, it'll be gone very quickly. So yeah, they arrive at the apartment and it doesn't go to plan. No. Because Diane becomes very sort of uh, aware of Sam's uh, seediness. Some, um, kind of seediness. She just she wants the, the cup of tea James was on about. She wants a cup of tea and a, a chat. And Sam goes straight for the bedroom and... Uh, just starts taking off his clothes. He thinks he's stepped on a cat. It's a, it's a stuffed toy. Many stuffed toys. I imagine it's a room full of them. It sounds like a lot. But it's also, she's very involved with these stuffed toys. She's giving them names. Well, I found it interesting because she's clearly got some emotional attachment to these stuffed toys. Mm. And this is a little tidbit of psychology here for Ooh. you. For you. There was a psychology experiment about Little Albert. I don't know how much you know about Little Albert. I know nothing about Little Albert. Basically, what some psychologists did was they tried to instill the fear of white fluff into a toddler. But the way they did it was they had someone in a clown mask with a white beard scaring this child. And then they gave the child a bunny. And the child was terrified of the bunny because it had the white fluff. In the same respect... I think Diane's emotional attachment to these toys and the love she has for them is connected to her cat. Oh, okay. I, I had no idea what you are going at first. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I see what you're saying now. I was like, I don't think Diane was tortured by a clown. Yeah, I didn't know where you are going. I get what you are going now. <laughs> Which is when, Diane, when Sam says, I think I've stolen your cat. It's like, come on, Sam. You know the story about her cat. 
That's very uncalled for comment. She was very attached to her cat because yeah. of uh, her parents' divorce. The attachment to the stuffed toys could be related, like you say, and Diane throughout the series has been portrayed as very well-educated, but also um, very, I don't want to say uh, unstable. Quite a few attachments to her cat and, and to She's these stuffed toys. baggage, perhaps. Yeah, a, a, a childhood which has left her... Um, Scarred, maybe. Yeah, I suppose uh, scars and, and longing for more. Yeah. But has deep-rooted attachments to other things, and these stuffed toys are uh, a big part of that. Which makes what Sam did even worse. Sam in this episode is just not a good guy. I was definitely on Diane's side this episode. If, well, if anything, I was just on uh, Cliff's side this episode. Uh, yeah, I was. I was. Yeah, I would have just hung with Cliff and Norm. Yeah. And drank in this episode, I would have skipped the the story. I mean, Cliff, uh, they were having great conversations in the bar while then Sam and Diane were having this argument. In the bar, where we got to see a little snippet, and they were talking about reincarnation. Yeah, I did like that. Which was great. <laughs> I, I like the idea of it was kind of uh, in fitting with the beginning of season two, starting yeah. again. Yeah, exactly. Second chances, and uh, Coach's uh, understanding of it. It's great. Limited. <laughs> L- limited, but great. You know, if you led a good life, you come back in an uh, elevated state. Like Colorado. <laughs> You've talked about reincarnation and how it fit with season two starting again. The themes in this episode we've touched on, but there was obviously aspects of maturity in relationships and importance of sex and romance in those relationships. And as the episode progressed, it kind of took a turn, which in this day and age does not fit well. Do you know what I thought was... uh, as we've established, Sam uh, stands on the toys and isn't really listening to Diane. Mm-hmm. He gets kicked out and he returns to the bar in a bit of a hump, frustrated and uh, quite angry. Uh, and then Carla gives him advice. Yeah. Poor advice. Certainly now. Nowadays it's... In my opinion, I think, I think Carla was trying to set him up... For failure. For failure. Yeah, because Carla loves Sam. We talked about this near the end of season mm. one. It was never a main plot, mm. but it was underlying that she had feelings for Sam. In Carla's eyes, Sam is the epitome of the perfect man. You know, he's tall, Mm. dark, handsome. And uh, when Sam does come back to the bar and talks to everyone, he says the next woman he sees, he's going to go with her and kind of thing. And then Carla's head kind of pops up from the crowd. Yeah. And he kind of goes, what do you want, Carla? And then she like, that's when she says, oh, I've got advice for you. Yeah. Um, That would have been an interesting twist for season two, wouldn't it? If it kind of set up this role, they won't they? And then Carla came in and... I don't know whether it would have worked, but it would have been a twist. It would have certainly been a twist. But Sam gets uh, the advice of the namesake of this episode, a power play. Yeah. Not good. No. It, I d- it's violent, isn't it? It doesn't sit right with me. No. Uh, and yeah, it's a bit weird. He, well, the first thing he does is breaks down her door. Yeah, Carla gives him the advice to show a lot of dominance... Yeah, um, almost forcefully. Yeah, and he slams on the door, Dan doesn't let him in, so he breaks it down. Yeah, and then he says, Now, get in that bedroom, woman. It's not okay, Sam. Obviously, a street car named Desire goes into much heavier things and with much more serious ramifications, but I was getting vibes of streetcar from watching this scene. Mm. I guess the the biggest turn of events is that it kind of it kind of works, which is a. That's I, that's, I wasn't expecting that. No, I, I wasn't expecting 
what Diane does, which is very clever of her, she pretends to call she, the police. So yeah, she's very well. She's very calm about it, and then just like, oh, the police are on the way, which kind of freaks Sam out. And I was enjoying this part of the episode. I thought that's, that's good. Of Diane, basically the, showing him as the fool, the power player of Diane. Yeah. And I thought, oh, she's you know that that's good. Yeah. But then, she, then she doesn't call the police. She does say to him that violence has no place in a relationship, though. Yeah. And and Sam seems to have learned this. Seems to. Seems to. We'll have to see where it goes. But but then you say that, and then uh, even after all of it, the last kind of thing he does is throw all of her soft toys out the window. Yeah. When Diane reveals she didn't really call the police, and she goes into the bedroom, yeah. and she asks, can you take the animals outside so that they don't have to look at what we're doing or something yeah. along those lines? And he goes, oh, and the police coming. And she goes, oh, silly Sam, I never called the police. And then he throws them out the window. Which I thought, you know, a bit of a, you know, PG podcast, but, you know, a bit of a... Yeah, he was almost cocky in how he dealt about it, where she was, she said, oh, these two toys don't like being next to each other. And he goes, don't worry, Diane, they're a mile apart. Because cool. he's throwing them out of, what, a three-story window? What I was concerned about was, I don't know what the security was like in Boston in 1983, but I'd imagine... Having your apartment door broken uh, at night time is, is not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> you, would, you wouldn't sleep comfortably, would you? I, th- I think we know who that is. It's uh, Cliff himself. Yeah, he's, he's a main, main, main man. No, that's a season regular. A first class star. Yeah, and he's delivered us some first class mail, and this is our trivia mail time. So, James, have you got any uh, questions today? Have we got, got anything from the uh, audience? Well, we've got a. We've got a letter in, a drinks order. That's, that's great, because the bar's just reopened, you know? Yeah. We'd, we'd love it to, if you'd send in more of your drinks orders. We love reading them out. Who's, who's opening a tab today? Well, someone sent us a very enthusiastic order. It's got an exclamation mark and everything. Okay. It's just one word. Guinness. 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 <sighs> Heavy drink. Heavy episode. Heavy-handed Sam. Heavy-handed Sam. I don't... Let's not relate that to Guinness. True. It's more of a Stella. <laughs> it's a classic what, drink though. What's the worst pint of Guinness you've ever been poured? You can it's really easy to pour Guinness badly, right? Oh with the head. Yeah. Uh, I thought him, I thought you were asking uh, for some tragic bar story. And uh yeah, I've had it where it's been poured and it's all just mixed. Yeah. It hasn't been poured well at all. There's there's no head, it's just well, it's all head. All head. Yeah. Have you heard of a black velvet? So Guinness and Champagne. Ah, uh, you have. I, I know a different one though. So you yeah. go first. I think Guinness and Champagne kind of are the Sam and Diane in this episode. <laughs> very different backgrounds, very different societies, and now they've been thrust together. I've, I've heard of a, um, a badger, which is... I've also heard of a badger. <laughs> it's a half Smirnoff, half Guinness, but they don't mix. They uh, float apart. They so float you're apart. drinking one than the other, basically. I think so. Just get separate glasses. Come on. So it's called a badger. You're called a badger. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Martin, for sending your uh, Guinness order. Let us know if you try a uh, black velvet or a badger. We, we don't condone them because we don't know how they'll taste. We just know they exist. If any of the rest of you have drinks orders, then feel free to send them in. We like reading them out. We'd even like to have a drink with you. If you happen to be around, if we happen to be in your area. Where nobody knows your name meetups. Yeah. Be quite cool. We'll grab a pint with some of you uh, at some point. Yeah. Should I ask the, uh, the first trivia question of season two, James? I think so. As we discussed, Diane has a lot of toys. I'm looking for a couple of examples of their names, James. 
I've got a similar question, oh. but can I list my favourites? Yeah, you go for it. Mr. Jammers. Yeah. And Freddy Frogbottom. Yeah, the good ones. M- Mr. Buzzer as well. Mr. Buzzer. And there's also Gary Gorilla. Gary Gorilla. Do you know uh, what animal Mr. Jammers was? He was a giraffe. That was he a was. question I had for you. <laughs> I think we've messed up on the trivia again. So I've, uh, got, I've got a couple. What does Sam say about his famous guided tour of his apartment? It's quite a smooth line. Just as a shame the rest of the episode he isn't. I, I can't remember. I thought he just said it was famous. He says, um, it starts in the bedroom, ends in heaven. Still a bit sleazy though, isn't it? Another stuffed toy related piece of trivia. Which two uh, stuffed toys did not get on? Gary Gorilla? Yeah. Mr. Buzzers? Mr. Jammers. Oh. Yeah, they didn't get on. But they're a mile apart, so it's all good. <laughs> Gorillas and giraffes, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's very common. You know that common phrase? Swings and roundabouts, gorillas and giraffes. Swings and roundabouts doesn't mean they don't get on. Fish and chips. That means they do get on. (laughs) Cheese and chalk. Cheese and chalk, yeah. It's (laughs) chalk and cheese. (laughs) Sleazy, sleazy, Sam. How many women does Sam estimate he has been with? Uh, Like over 200? Yep, over 200. Uh, Go vague and you'll win. (laughs) Let's not do high or lower with this because it's disturbing. But he estimates 400. Quite a lot. That is. My final question, James. <laughs> this one's quite mundane. Mm. When we see Diane in her apartment, she's uh, watching a TV programme. Very boring TV programme. Mm. What, what was the, the conversation of the TV programme about? Remember, I can't even remember what TV show it was. It seemed like a soap opera. I, f- I think it was fictional. Because ah. if it was a real TV programme, it would be horrendous. <laughs> the line was, so tell me, where did you get a tan like that? Were you in the sun or something? <laughs> Which it was just so dry. And I feel like it must have been the writers who wrote it, just as like trying to write the most. I think when I mean, you know, I've been an advert for tanning booths. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't. Bizarre. The last call of the bar on our uh, first episode... How you feel after the uh, the first episode, James? I think I'm glad to be back. I'm thinking there could have been a more uplifting episode to be welcome back, but it's good to be back in Cheers. Yeah, I'm not sure what the motive of this episode was, really. It didn't make me want Diane and Sam to be together. No, and I was suspect of it because, as we've pointed out, the director and writers were all men. Mm. So it didn't it didn't sit well, that... that what they seem to be saying was sometimes women like aggression. But we don't condone that. Here. We don't condone that. As I say, it didn't sit well at all. In terms of what we'll take away from this episode, we'll we'll be running down the streets of Boston, picking up those stuffed toys, picking up the pieces and putting them together, and moving on forward with season two, hoping for uh, more enlightening messages and mottos to to resurface through the season, and uh, hopefully leave this one in the past. Exactly. Power plays is not the way to go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Where Nobody Knows Your Name. If you've been affected by anything this episode. Well, <laughs> we can't help people. <laughs> We're qualified nor intelligent enough to. <laughs> if you'd like to uh, drop us any messages, feel free to do so. We, we might be able to help. But if you'd like to drop us any drinks orders, we, we can definitely help with that. <laughs> we, know, we know our strengths, Don. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Cheers.